0: To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, and to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. The Word of God upon which we base our message on this second Sunday of Easter is the gospel for this morning. You heard it read before from John chapter 20. Recall just these words, That Sunday evening, the disciples were together behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jews. Jesus stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lived for us, died, who lives again, my beloved. The season of Easter is not just about an empty tomb and some bewildered people, it's about a savior who died and came back to life and appeared to his disciples. Now the reason for mentioning that this morning is to remind ourselves that Christianity is not based on blind faith where you throw all human reason aside. Christianity is trusting invisible historical evidence. And that's why after his death and after he came back to life, Jesus appeared to his disciples. He appeared to his disciples to provide them with evidence. And he appeared to his disciples to provide them with peace. After Jesus' death and resurrection and before his ascension into heaven, Jesus stayed on earth for 40 days and appeared to his disciples to provide them undeniable, physical, empirical evidence that he was alive. Because as St. Paul tells us, if Christ hasn't come back to life, your faith is nonsense and sin still has you in its power. And so it was that Jesus went to great lengths to appear to his disciples as St. Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians, he says, I passed on to you the most important points of doctrine that I had received. Christ died to take away our sins as the scriptures predicted. He was placed in a tomb. He was brought back to life on the third day as the scriptures predicted. He appeared to Cephas, Peter. Next, he appeared to the 12 apostles. Then he appeared to more than 500 believers at the same time. Most of these people are still living, though some have died. Next, he appeared to James. Then he appeared to all the apostles. Last of all, he also appeared to me. So it was that Jesus appeared sometimes at nighttime, sometimes during the day. Sometimes up north in Galilee, sometimes down south in Judea, sometimes outdoors, sometimes indoors. And you got to believe that even those Roman guards recognized that they faced a power that they could not resist. Matthew's Gospel tells us, After the day of worship, as the sun rose Sunday morning, Mary from Magdala and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Suddenly there was a powerful earthquake. An angel of the Lord had come down from heaven, rolled the stone away, and was sitting on it. He was as bright as lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so deathly afraid of him that they shook. Later on in the same chapter, the chief priests gathered together with the leaders and agreed on a plan. They gave the soldiers a large sum of money and told them to say that Jesus' disciples had come at night and had stolen his body while they were sleeping. They added, if the governor hears about this, we'll take care of it and you'll have nothing to worry about. The soldiers took the money and did as they were told. Their story has been spread among the Jewish people to this day. And then we heard from the epistle from uh, St. John his parallel account to John 1. Remember in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh. The Word is Jesus. And in the first chapter of 1 John, uh, uh, today we heard, the Word of life existed from the beginning. We have heard it, Jesus. We have seen it. We observed and we touched it. Empirical evidence that Jesus had been dead, and now he was alive. And so it is that the verses before us this morning from John chapter 20 talk about two special appearances of Jesus to his disciples. And I think you know this story well, and by the way, I have to uh, uh, preface it by saying it's too bad that Thomas gets a bad rap on this Sunday of the church year, doubting Thomas, right? We say, oh, that person's a doubting Thomas. It's kind of interesting how in John chapter 11, before Jesus was heading to Bethany to raise Lazarus from the dead, the disciples said, Are you sure, Jesus, you want to go back down there to Judea? They tried to stone you last time you were there. It was Thomas who said, No, we'll go along with Jesus. We too may die with him. He was a disciple. He was a believer. So it was, though, on that uh, first Easter evening, that the, the disciples were gathered there behind locked doors and windows for fear of the Jews. And all of a sudden, Jesus was just there. In his glorified body, he was no longer subject to the laws of nature. Now, Jesus could be anywhere, anytime. And after that appearance, the disciples told Thomas, who wasn't there at that first meeting, he said, We've seen the Lord. And Thomas said, well, unless I can put my finger into his uh, hands and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. And by the way, I think there isn't there an encouragement for us too, never to skip church, because you might miss something. But next week, next Sunday evening, 11 disciples were there gathered together. This time, Thomas was with them. And all of a sudden, Jesus appeared. And he said, okay, Thomas, I'll meet your demands. Put your finger in my hands here, see the wounds, put your hand into my side, stop doubting and believe. Thomas' reaction was, my Lord and my God. You see, Jesus wants to present evidence, even to doubters. Now, as important as the evidence is of Jesus' appearance after his resurrection, Jesus also came, just as important, to provide peace. I suppose you could say that the opposite of peace is war. You could also say that the opposite of peace is fear. What exactly was it that the disciples were afraid of on that first Easter evening? It says they were together behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. I suppose you could say that they were thinking, you know, hey, we're followers of Jesus. Look what they did to Jesus. You think the same thing's going to happen to us? We've got to hide out. In reality, the disciples were not just afraid of the Jews. In fact, really, if they really believed that Jesus was alive and he was on their side, they wouldn't have any concern with the Jews. The disciples were really afraid of Jesus. On that first Easter evening, they were afraid. They were meeting behind locked doors, and all of a sudden, Jesus is there. Now, you've heard the story before, but come on, how would you react? How would you react if one of your dead relatives all, all of a sudden appeared in your living room? I'm sure you wouldn't say, oh, that's really nice. You'd tremble, maybe panic, terror, Fear it just doesn't happen that's why Jesus had to say peace be with you calm down it's really me everything's gonna be okay is not it kind of amazing how every time sinfulness comes in contact with holiness in a miraculous way the results of sinners is always fear fear not behold I bring you good tidings of great joy fear not Mary Don't be afraid. Jesus is not here. He has risen, just as he said. The disciples were filled with emotional fear. But they were also filled with spiritual fear. They were afraid. Was Jesus, their leader, going to be angry with them? Peter, I told you you were going to deny me. Disciples, I told you that you'd flee. I told you that I was coming back from the dead. Would he scold? Would he chastise? Would he lecture? Would he punish? Was he still their friend? Or would he abandon them? Jesus says, peace be with you. He wants them and us to know the peace that comes with his forgiveness. He wants us, as he wanted his disciples, to have that inner peacefulness based on a right relationship with God, knowing that all your sins have been cleansed and the assurance of God's presence both right now and for all eternity. Jesus also wanted his disciples to know about eternal peace. You know, when you think about peace as being the opposite of war, Peace is not just the cessation of war. I mean, I'm sure you've all seen documentaries on TV of uh, the aftermath of World War II, whether it's uh, the Pacific Theater or the European Theater and all the buildings blown out. So the war was over and all those buildings are blown out. That's not real peace until all the mess is cleaned up. Finding when you have security and safety, that's really peace. Jesus wanted his disciples to know the peace of body and soul and that he would be with them now and for all eternity. Jesus wants you to have emotional and spiritual and eternal peace too. Sometimes it seems kind of elusive, doesn't it? Emotional peace? Is anything bothering you right now a recent uh, doctor's diagnosis financial problems family turmoil how about spiritual peace remembering a time when you really messed up and you're still really wondering is God really gonna forgive me and how about eternal peace we have those doubts what's really gonna happen beyond the grave did you notice In the account for this morning, even Jesus coming to his disciples did not calm them completely. They were still behind locked doors the next week. In the real world, we struggle. We don't always comprehend and experience the peace of God in all of its fullness that passes all understanding. We struggle with faith just like Thomas. And we have to remind ourselves that the commodities of peace and faith are not commodities that we produce, but they're gifts of God. Dr. Martin Luther says, faith rests on the testimony of the word. He went on to say, I believe what God's word promises, if I feel it or if I don't feel it. Thank God that our faithlessness does not stop Jesus from coming with his blessing of peace. And even as we live in our fear behind locked doors, Christ comes to us in our midst through his holy word and he says, Peace be with you. Just as I am without one plea but that Thy blood was shed for me, and that Thou bidst me come to Thee. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings and fears within without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, Thou wilt receive, wilt pardon, cleanse welcome relieve because thy promise I believe O Lamb of God I come I come just as I am thy love unknown has broken every barrier down now to be thine yea thine alone O Lamb of God I come I come amen please stand The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus, amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.